So I'm going to be reading a little bit out of Mark Hankins in a minute. Lisa's going to dive down here, and we're going to start. How many of y'all are enjoying this? You know, I want to say this before I get started. I'm no expert on love. I don't know anybody who is except Jesus. I'm not preaching this because we, Lisa and I, have it all together. But we are further along than we used to be. And we're, we have further to go. We're, what we're doing is we're just opening up the Word, allowing God to speak to all of our hearts, showing you what we do know. And I believe that in a year or two, even Lisa and I will be further along than we are. I like something that um, Andrew Womack said. He says, I haven't arrived, but we left. That means we're not where we were. And so some of you, have, if you've been here any length of time and survived the years with me, you would know I have changed. And, and, and Barbara said amen. And Betty said hallelujah, amen. Barbara just Thank laughs. you, Jesus. <laughs> Kenny and Cindy said praise the name of Jesus. But, you know, we're all growing in God and we need to. So our faith is in Jesus, not in us. You know, I've never put a sign out front that says follow me. So we follow the Lord. So we're talking about love. We've been talking about the God kind of love. And if you're looking for this at Hallmark, you won't find it because they don't have it. They only have one story anyway. One line. One story, and they keep redoing it with different snow, different people. Basically, rich guy gets kicked out. Poor guy who don't work gets booted in. He goes home. He hasn't been back to his home in 20 years. Cute girl leaves the city job. And, and, and goes they, back and to her hometown in the country. And, and the coffee shop's going <laughs> broke, and they make cookies together, fall in love, have a fight, and then kiss. And other than that, and it's about the same movie. <laughs> so if you're looking for love, that's the wrong place to look. Amen. I'm sorry about that. Anyway, never mind. So in our book, if you got your book, I want to start on page 38. And um, Mark uses something here, and he talks about the fact that love has aspects to it. And what that means, I said 38, 39, love has aspects. And he uses a description here of light going through a prism. And I don't know whether you've ever seen that or not. I think it's the coolest thing in the world to have a light ray hit a prism and all the different colors come out of it. And love is very much like that. It goes in love and comes out in a lot of different ways of describing one aspect. And so those are that it's patient, it is kind, not envious, humble, courteous, unselfish, not easily provoked, guileless, sincere, and on and on and on. And, and so we're, what we're doing is we're doing our best to follow God and just bring out different aspects and spend a night talking about them. Now, in, hopefully before we get done tonight, Lisa and I will be able to talk about, I want to get into the fact that if you, if you want to learn anything, you have to practice it. Why did we think that, you know, like Kenny Robinson, I was picking on him Sunday morning, is a very, very good mechanic. But if you want to be as good as Kenny, it's going to be more than a book. You're going to have to work with him. You're going to have to learn. And, and there's a lot of work that goes in to being good, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whether it's shooting. It doesn't matter. You have to put time in it and practice. 
Every day we have opportunities to use our love. What we do is we go, dang it, get off your phone and hit the gas pedal and shut up and get up. You just missed an opportunity. To be patient. To walk in love. I'm preaching to myself. That's some of my biggest gripes is I wish people would just put, I want to be a, I want to be a cell phone policeman. Amen. I could be a millionaire quickly. I pull people over and go, woo, you are on your phone. Pull over. I'm going to give you a nice share of revenue. So my husband has a couple different names for people out in traffic. One of them's Leroy and one of them's Jack. So when he says <laughs> So when he says the word Jack, he's not real happy. When he says the word Leroy, he has a little bit more patience with, with that guy. <laughs> we're gonna need counseling before we're done here, you know. <laughs> I told you we hadn't arrived yet. <laughs> It's so, funny. I laugh. <laughs> I say Jack nice now. Get off the phone, Jack. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to start off with this right here, verse 40. It says, love is not easily provoked. Love does not have a bad temper. Great talents and influence can be completely destroyed in one fit of anger. If there are sins of the body and sins of the disposition... For example, the sin of the prodigal son's older brother was greater than the ungrateful for his father's constant provision and jealous of his brother's honor. So we're going to go down that road. Lisa's going to read from um, Drummond's book. And this is a little lengthy, but let me say why we're doing this. Because sometimes people write something and we can't reproduce it. It's just too, it's the way they said it was just so perfect. So we're going to read a little bit to you about Anybody in here ever deal with anger? One, two, three, four. Cindy, get your hand in your ear. <laughs> Father, help her not to lie like that. Just. All right. Um, um, I, I, that's no, that's, there's one that says hardly notices, right? You hardly noticed that Cindy didn't put her hand in the air. didn't get her hand in the air. Let's go. All right. Okay, y'all just close your eyes if you don't need to be distracted. We just want to say also hello to all of y'all on the line. On the line. On On the the line. line. (laughs) Online. I must be fasting too much today. You'd be surprised how many people online. All right. The next ingredient is a very remarkable one, good temper. So tonight we're going to talk about good temper. Love is not provoked. Nothing could be more striking, listen, than to find this here. We are inclined to look upon bad temper as a very harmless weakness. We speak of it as a mere infirmity of nature, a family failing, a family trait, color of hair, a matter of temperament, not a thing to take into very serious account in estimating a man's character. And yet here, right in the heart of this analysis of love, it finds a place. The Bible again and again returns to condemn it as one of the most destructive elements in human nature. The peculiarity of ill temper, and and tonight, later on, we're going to make a differentiation between ill temper and anger. Because there is some differentiation going on there. The peculiarity of ill temper is that it is the vice of the virtuous. It's like people that basically are mostly perfect 
already, they got this one vice, and they would altogether be perfect if they didn't have this one vice, which is a short fuse. Okay. And so it is often the one blot on an otherwise noble character. You know men who are all but perfect and women who would be entirely perfect, but for an easily ruffled, quick temper or touchy disposition. This compatibility of ill temper with high moral character is one of the strangest and saddest problems of ethics. The truth is there are two great classes of sins, sins of the body, sins of the disposition. The prodigal son is taken as a type of the first. The elder brother, he is the second. Now society has no doubt which, whatever is to which of these is worse. Its brand falls without challenge upon the prodigal. But are we right? We have no balance to weigh one another's sins. And coarser and finer are but just human words. But faults in the higher nature may be less venal than those in the lower. And to the eye of him who is love... A sin against love may seem a hundred times more base. No form of vice, not worldliness, not greed of gold, not drunkenness itself, does more to unchristianize society than an evil and ill temper. Let me stop her right now. We're talking about the prodigal son, and I want to read something to you out of the Bible, and I want to kind of stop her so she can go on. The older son was, was in the field, and he came and drew near the house, and he heard music and dancing. And we know that the younger one had been out living like hell. All right, in church and society today, we would think that the younger one, we've, we've talked about the prodigal son, the prodigal son, but the Bible does not call this a story of the prodigal son. It talks about his son's Two sons. One of them was a wild guy, and the other one was a religious Pharisee. And Jesus, Jesus made the point that the harlots will get into the kingdom before the Pharisees will. And, and sometimes it's the people who are in church, who, who tithe and go to church and read the Bible... Sometimes they're the most immoral people there are because at least a sinner knows he's a sinner, but they're in church, and, and they, they're the ones that are snobs and stuck up and, 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 and have attitudes. So I want you to listen to what God says about the second son. The older son was in the field, and he came and drew near to the house and heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and says, what do these things mean? And he said, your brother has come home and because he's received him safe and sound. Your father has filled, filled, killed the fatted calf. And he was angry, not happy that the boy came home, not happy that he finally got, he's mad. Now, Jesus ran into this with the Pharisees. Do, is he running into it with us? Okay, yeah, say no, say no, say no. Okay. He was angry and would not go in, and his father came out and pled with him, and he said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been serving you. He's, he's, he's a son. He's not supposed to be serving his father. He doesn't have any image who he is. And yet you never gave me a goat. All the animals belong to him. He can kill a goat when he wants one. Okay, let's go. Amen. And as soon as this son of yours. Now he's not his brother anymore. 
No more brother. Do you, do you hear, hear the attitude? There's an anger going on here that's unprecedented that, that Drummond is bringing out. We've, we've said the first guy was the bad one, and he's going, was he? Was he the bad guy? And Jesus is not talking about one of them. He's talking about both of them, and he's talking to the Pharisees. So who's the story about? It's more about the second one than the first one. All right, let me, let me finish reading this. You go. And he said, son, I, you are always with me, and all I have is yours. It was right we would make Mary and be glad. Your father was dead and alive, and now he's lost a family. Get happy with me. Rejoice with me. Someone that was lost is saved. Stop the crying and the whining and the pouting. What about poor me? Go ahead, back to what you're reading. Okay. Her and I, her and I have this talks in the morning. How are we going to do this? I said, I don't know. Let's just fly by Anyways. the seat of our pants. No form of vice, nor worldliness, nor greed of gold. I already read that. So then it goes, um, for embittering life, for breaking up communities, for destroying the most sacred relationships, for devastating homes, for withering up men and women, for taking the bloom of childhood in short, for sheer gratuitous misery producing power, this influence of ill temper stands alone. You got your Bible? I do. I don't need it. You don't need it? You, you did? The, I brought my Bible okay. to read, the piece read of paper. Read Psalm 37, 8 and the one in so, Proverbs that you wanted to read. Yeah, so Psalm 37, 8, and then I'll read the one in Proverbs. Psalm 37, 8 says, cease from anger. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. And that harm comes to you, the one who becomes angry and the one who is wrathful. In a minute, we're going to make a, a differentiation between godly anger and bad anger. Amen. Right? Yeah. There is righteous anger. So then in Proverbs, let's see, 1429, it says... People with understanding control their anger. Now, uh, I, I apologize. He is slow. I did NLT. That, this is fine. He who is slow to wrath has great understanding. But he who is impulsive exalts folly. Now, listen to the way it is in this translation. People with understanding control their anger. It doesn't mean there aren't some things that you need to be angry at. I am angry at abuse. I am angry at child abuse. I am angry at sexual abuse. I am angry. This is not what it's saying. It's saying that for you to be impulsive and act quickly, you need to treat this with understanding. God, God gets angry sometimes. People with understanding control their anger. Hot temper shows great foolishness. So before we go on anymore, I wanted to just, and we'll probably revisit this again. We need to ask, here, here is where um, anger becomes sin. So let's go ahead and go over some def a definition between anger and temper. Is that okay? So the definition of anger is a strong feeling of three things, annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. One of those things is okay. 
God feels great displeasure sometimes. He felt great displeasure on, and he was very long-suffering with the children of Israel. But there were times that they really ticked him off, right? And so there's nothing wrong with feeling great displeasure, but it's the two on either side of the displeasure word. It is a strong feeling of annoyance or hostility. Ill temper, again, is, is to be differentiated. It is to become angry very easily, fly off the handle, a bomb that explodes effortlessly. So ill temper, you have to relate that more to this. This is where it becomes sin. This is where anger becomes sin. Not all anger is sin. So every time you see someone anger, it doesn't mean they're always, they're sinning just because they have the emotion of anger. But here is where you make the difference and become sin. Why are they they angry? When it becomes touchy, when they're touchy, oversensitive, impatient, selfish, proud, fearful, and just downright hostile. Yeah. So one of the things that caused this, and and I'm going to get into mine and Lisa's life a little bit. We have to really guard our, our life. But there was a time when we were building the log cabin and the stress was so high, we were at each other a lot over a period of several months. We, I mean, I was pushed. She was pushed. It didn't take much for us to get into it. And I looked at her one day and I said, first of all, us being angry with each other wasn't accomplishing anything. And I married a good woman. She married a good man. And, and yet we're, we're fighting. And I said to her, I said, you want to just stop fighting? Are you tired of being sick and are you tired of being broke? Lisa said, yes. I said, let's talk. Let's talk. We had to decide we are going to work it out. And you have to be willing to listen. So I'm going to go through some stuff. I'm going to show you some scriptures in the Bible that helped me. If I I was the one more with a short fuse than her, okay? And I'm the one that had to oh, deal with this more than Lisa did. But her sin is she reminded me of it quite often. <laughs> Why are you head. so angry? So, so Genesis 4.1. Genesis 4.1. I want to read this to you. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I've acquired a man from the Lord. She bore again, this time Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep. Cain was a tiller of the ground. The process of time, it came to pass. Cain brought an offering of fruit to the ground of the Lord. Abel brought the firstborn of the flock of their fat, and respect. And, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. I don't want to get into blood covenant. That's not my subject, so let's leave alone why that happened. And he did not respect Cain and his offering. Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, look at these words, why are you angry? Very good. Now, that's a powerful statement, and I think it's in Genesis because I think that that needs to be far enough up into the beginning to realize this is an issue then, it's an issue now. Amen. When anger is in you or in your spouse or in your home, you need to start by going, wow. why am I angry mm-hmm. and why is she angry? Why am I upset? Now, what you're going to find out is that sometimes it's you. 
I said to the Lord one day, I said, Lisa made me mad. He said, Lisa can't make you mad. You got mad all by yourself. In other words, I'm trying to use being angry to get her to stop doing what she's doing, and that isn't working, and it makes me madder. <laughs> and, and so she's, every time I would get angry, she would just look at me and say, why are you angry? And, and I'm like, you're missing the point <laughs> completely here. <laughs> and I realized that my being angry, I never won a fight. It always became about my anger. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this is so unfair. And so having said that is why I went back and began to study, and I asked the question, why are you angry? And I want to see. Let me see this right here. Um, the Bible says, Ephesians 4, 6, be angry and sin not. Luke 13, I may go into this. Lisa, I mean, Jesus walked into a synagogue, and the, and the, and the lady was bowed over, mm -hmm. and, and, and Jesus healed her on the Sabbath, and the, and the head of the synagogue got mad, and Jesus turned to him in anger. What is wrong with you? I'm, this lady's getting healed. So what Lisa said a while ago is there are times when you need to understand it is right to be angry. Mm -hmm. So you have to ask, why am I angry? And what is it that, is this something we need to talk about? Or is this something I need to get over myself? So until you've asked the question, what is, make, what is your problem, and is this a problem with you, or is this a problem with her, or is this something you need to discuss or drop? Cain, Abel was not his problem, and God was not his problem. And a lot of times we find ourselves being angry, and it's us. Okay, now let me see. I'd like to, um, so in Mark 11, Jesus went in the temple, definitely was not um, happy that day. Um, I've got down there, is your anger rooted in fear? Are you afraid? Hmm. Or is your anger rooted in selfishness? Are you a person who has to have your way? Or the highway. All the time. And we see spouses like this. Mm -hmm. There's a spouse that, that it's, listen, and this is, in our society today, we, we all came out of homes. Some of you are born again, and your parents never taught you right from wrong. They didn't teach you to cook or clean. They didn't teach you how to put toilet paper on a roll. They didn't teach you anything, and then you get married to a person who's a perfectionist. You got problems coming. And so these things come up all the time. So sometimes you have to stop and ask, is this a battle worth winning? And is it a fight I want to be in? And what is the root of this? Is it selfish or is it fear? We know a lady who went through a divorce, a bad divorce, and her husband was an angry man, and he was undisciplined, raised as the pre his parents. He thought he was God's gift to the planet till the day he got married. He's never, he's never had to do anything. Mommy and daddy didn't teach him right from wrong. So, so the whole world wraps around me. Then the lady marries him, and she's scared of him. 
So he's angry and she's angry. Her anger's fear. His anger's selfishness. And sometimes you have to stop and go, what am I dealing with? What is the root of my issue? And so many times when Lisa and I would get in disagreements, I would walk away and go, what is the problem? And I would talk to her. What's the problem, Daryl? What's the problem? Is this as big as you are making it? There are times when someone angers you, let them, let them run their course. Let them eat it. You, you quit taking the bunt. In other words, if, things, if, they're, if, they're, uh, if they're undisciplined, and let them, let, them, let them be late. Let them miss the plane. No sense in screaming at them. You always make me late. Take your own car. Next time, just take your take your time getting to the Catch airport, the miss the plane, and <laughs> go back home. And it's not fun. It's but not fun, but I'll guarantee you, it won't happen again. They, it's better for the airline to teach them than you. It's true. Boy, and and what we have bit. to understand too is sometimes people are angry, or they are set off. I'm going to say that word better. They are set off easily because of insecurities. And so if someone says something of a corrective nature to them, even if they're saying it kindly, they take it personal, that you are assaulting my character, whereas they may be or they may not be. And so you have to be careful of insecurities in your own life on why you're responding that way to them. You know, is it because you're insecure? Yeah, so what she's referring to is me. <laughs> Not really. In case y'all didn't get that subliminal message. I wasn't message. thinking about you. No, no, listen. Totally, totally. <laughs> one, day, one day there was a minister here that came to this church during one of the meetings, and we're in the back room, and he called me a name, and it was derogatory. It ticked me off. Now, if it was old Daryl, we'd go outside. And I'm sitting there at the table, and it's obvious that I don't like, am I the only one in here that's ever, okay. The clouds, the foreboding clouds came across his brow. And so the minister looked at me and the other minister looked at me and said, why are you angry, Cain, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And he, and this other minister looked at me and said, why does that bother you? Yeah. I went, that's "That's a good good question. question. Mm -hmm. Why does this punk Oh, it's still there, just a still little there. bit. Just a little. <laughs> uh, I'm, no, I'm making a point. I love something Andrew Walmack said. Who are you that I would care what you That's think? That's true. That's true. We at, at what point was I allowing his opinion? Yes. He's controlling me with his opinion, yeah. and I'm letting him do it. So, again, back to the why did that bother you? It's, an, it's a form of insecurity mm-hmm. when you think everybody has to like you. That's true. Everyone, if, matter of fact, Jesus says if everyone likes you, there's something wrong with you. That's true. <laughs> there are people who call you names because they're jealous of you. 
So this other minister said, just call him Shorty because this other minister was a little short guy. And I saw how this other minister handled the, the criticism, and I made up my mind not to ever allow that to happen to me again and not to be insecure. In other words, go back to why did it bother me? Because I'm being insecure. Get over it. Be, you know, if God is for me, who could be against me? Go ahead. The, the truth is, and I was there when it happened, yeah. but the truth is, is that this minister was being very disrespectful. And what he said to him in front of other ministers. And so, I mean, in that respect, even God, I don't think, was pleased with that. But, you know, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I'll repay. No use. I mean, if God be for you, who can be against you? At that point. So I want to read a few scriptures. Can I read Let a few scriptures? Let me say this one thing, okay. and then they'll write it down. She's going to dive in. Write this down. Choose your battles. Amen. Choose. The, the, not every battle is worth winning. There's, you, have, you can have a lot of fights. Yeah. And when you're done and you want it, nah, who cares? Pick the ones that are important and get yourself ready for a conversation and stay on the, the subject. If they're wrong, if they are wrong, the subject will become about you to get you off of what they did. You, you need to go, okay, we need to have a talk about the way you're behaving yeah. toward the opposite sex. That's all. Yeah. Well, okay, just expect it to ignite. But that's the point you go, chill. Yes. Don't, don't raise your voice. You can have a disagreement without raising your voice. And you have to practice this. and it, it, You don't get good at it quickly. The Bible says in Proverbs, a soft answer turns, turns away wrath, uh, but grievous or harsh words stir up anger. So if this person's being harsh and you come harsh back, you're just going to have an all-out yeah, <laughs> drag-out war. Neither one of you get anywhere. <laughs> right. So the, another scripture Lisa gave me one time, that scripture in Proverbs on a, 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 a calm resolve. Calm spirit. Um, mm-hmm. And Jesus, when he was reviled, reviled not back. Yeah. And that's a personal thing. So anyway, pick your battles. Go back to what you were going to read. So I'm just going to read a few scriptures, and, and Ocell's going to throw them up on the screen, okay? Um, Psalms 86.15, you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious. What is it? Slow to anger. So does he get angry sometimes? Yeah. Yes, but he's not flying off the handle. It takes him a while. He is slow to anger. He's not easily angered. And it says he abounds in steadfast love and faithfulness. People with understanding control their anger. Hot temper shows great foolishness. Um, that's 1429. Proverbs 15:18. A hot-tempered man or woman stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. He who is slow to anger quiets contention. Make no friendship with a man given to, I'm going to say, easy anger. Make no friendship with an ill-tempered man, nor go with a wrathful man. Amen? And then a few more. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry. See, here's the key again. Don't quickly revolt. Sit back and think. 
before you jump into the lava pit. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. So let's talk a little bit for a moment about righteous anger. What I mean by righteous anger, there are things that anger you, and you can't go around saying angry within itself is wrong. That's why the Bible says be angry and sin not. I'm going to tell a story. My mother's not here to defend herself. But, when, but my mother went through a divorce, and um, she moved down here. And, you know, she had ways about her that there was lack of protocol. And so one day, she came to my house, came in, and cooked me dinner. Didn't ask me. Didn't ask Lisa. Lisa comes home, and Daryl's mommy (laughs) is in the kitchen cooking food for Daryl boy. Liver and onions. Yeah. Now, don't go there. We Uh can have a fight Uh right here in church. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Go on. So Lisa comes in there, walks in the kitchen. Mom's in there cooking in Lisa's kitchen. And Lisa said, please come to the bedroom with me. And I can tell by Lisa that she is not happy. And she said, her or me. And I had to go out there and go, Mom, put the liver and onions up and go home. Now, in her mind, and it doesn't matter what she thinks, You can justify your actions all day. And there is a time when you look at a person and say, stop. And it doesn't matter whether you agree or disagree. There's protocol here, and you're out of line. I'm not here to keep you happy. I'm married. You're going home. Now, in her mind, I did that for you, Daryl boy. No, you didn't. You did it for you. Mm -hmm. That's true. She did it for herself. That's true. My mother gave gifts to be accepted. My mother was a people pleaser. And she thought if she did something for me, but sometimes doing things for me, I didn't want her to do it for me. And so it was, Lisa was angry. Was she wrong? No. Did she throw a fit? No. I could have said, no, 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 no. We'd have gotten a fight and probably had marriage problems and going for counseling. (laughs) But you need to understand there are times when your spouse says things to you and they're not happy and and you can't say anger's wrong. That's true. It's not always wrong. It's ill-tempered. There are times when when respect has been violated. And I'm talking about, let's go back to pick your fight. Now, you know, there's little things that happen and they don't amount to anything. Be quiet. Leave it alone. So I'm going to tell a story here. It's really, it's funny. I got it off of Facebook. There was a man on Facebook, and he was, his wife was in the room with him, and he's telling the story about looking for a parking place with his wife in the car or the truck. And she says, why did you park here? Why did you park here? And he's making fun of his wife. She's sitting in the room laughing. I'm glad she's laughing. But he had like a million hits. Because for whatever reason, it seems like women want to help every man drive. Don't shout me down. I got a response. Why did you turn there? Why did you park there? 
Why are you doing that? Well, that's not the way I would go if I was driving. Well, you're not driving. <laughs> All right, now I'm, I'm saying this because the, the, the wife is laughing and the men are laughing. What would you do? Park the truck and shut up. It's not a fight worth winning. Exactly. This is why I parked. Here's the keys. You move it if you want to. I'm going to the restaurant and eat. <laughs> Lisa and I now have Bible fights. When we don't like something, I quote a scripture. She quotes one back. And, and we have learned to listen. If I say something, I go, uh, park the truck. There's very little fussing and fighting anymore. Very rare do we get in fight. Because sometimes I've just learned that whatever, whatever, <laughs> it don't matter. It doesn't and, matter. And, and some things don't. Yeah. Another one is why don't you ask for directions? I don't want to ask for directions. I want to find my way. I'm a man. I'm going to conquer that. Yeah, but honey, we've been driving around the block I, for I three hours. I don't want to get there an hour late. <laughs> so just ask for directions. So there are things that <laughs> crop up in marriage, and I'm just saying this. There's a lot of things that don't matter. Like, why don't you put the toilet paper on right? Put it on yourself. Leave it alone. Just leave it alone. So sometimes I do things around the house just because I know it'll aggravate Lisa. Just aggravate. And, and, and over time, she's finally just gotten to where he's just trying to get under my skin. And what I'm doing that for is because after a while, all the things she thought were important that aren't, you should just leave it alone. That's his know? opinion. Huh? That's his opinion. <laughs> there are some things that are important. <laughs> there are things that I've done that she said things about. Go ahead. Here's another great scripture, Ecclesiastes 10.4. If the anger of the ruler rises against you. Now, this is a person in high position. So just think about that. But think about it with anybody. If the anger of the ruler rises against you, do not leave your post. In other words, don't get up and, and shout back at him and storm out of the room. You're on the same playing field with him. It says, don't leave your post for consolation pacifies great offenses. My uh, translation says, for calmness at that moment will lay a great offense to rest. Yeah. So if someone's rising up against you, flying off the handle, the worst thing for you to do is shoot back. Just don't leave your post and run away. Just present a calm spirit. So there's times I've said to Lisa, what are you going to say about it? She goes, you don't want me to say anything right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk to you in an hour when I'm ready to talk. So my husband, when he's ready to talk about something, he's ready to talk about it right then. It doesn't matter what time of day it is, what time of night it is, or what we're in the middle of. He's like, we need to have a talk. Come sit down right now. And I'm like, I, I don't want to talk about that right now. He's like, well, we're going to talk about it. But the thing is, is that sometimes, you know, I, I tell him this, and I tell it in kindness. I'm like, you don't want to hear my response right now. Because I am afraid of myself that I'm going to say something that I'm going to totally regret and I'm going to have to ask forgiveness for. 
and I don't want I don't want to go there. Let me have some time to cool off. It's very not, often when she know, takes time, she comes back and thinks about what I said. Yeah. And sometimes you need to go and think about what somebody said. Think about what I said. Come back. You know what? I thought about what you said, and I think I see what you're saying. Sometimes you don't need to talk right away about it. However, if you do it that way, don't pout or carry an attitude until you guys do finally come back around to talk about it. Treat them as Jesus treats you. You want him to treat you good when you've messed up, when you've sinned? You want him to come lovingly back to you and y'all be buds again? Well, while you're waiting to, to come back together, don't treat him or her with this until y'all have that conversation. Treat them like they're worthy of love and respect. You probably have figured this out, that when Lisa and I got together, one of the reasons we got married is she's a strong leader. The negative is she's a strong leader. <laughs> I knew you were going to. I didn't even want to look over at you. <laughs> but, you know, but if it wasn't for her strength, this church wouldn't be where it is. She's a, she makes things happen. She's a go-getter. But at times, we have to stop and go, you crossed the line. Let's go. Back up here. Let's, I do too. She does. And you need, Gerald Brooks made a statement one time, says you need someone in your life that can tell you no. Yeah. And we have decided yeah. that when one of us says no, we may not agree, but we'll go back and think about what they just said. So that's why you don't want to get into 20 petty fights because one day you're going to want to, you're going to want, you want to talk about something serious. Okay, um, I want to bring up a couple people. David and Joseph both had reasons to be angry. David in the Old Testament, Joseph. Mm -hmm. They were both violated. Yeah. Yes. But they made, they both made a statement. God was in it. I want to read a scripture to you that has helped me immensely with my own insecurities. It is Romans 8. Many of you can quote it. If, what can I say? If God is for me, who? who can be against me? We've all had stuff happen. But, but number one, was God in it? And, and is he able to fix it? And I have found this to be true. He is. When, when who was the one in the Old Testament that Laban shafted him how many times? Um, Jacob. Jacob. Mm -hmm. J J Laban shafted Jacob financially many times. Mm -hmm. And he never got angry and he let God judge. He left Amen. owning everything Laban owned. Yeah. Amen. There are times when you have to back up and go, this is a spiritual battle I'm in. I'm not in a natural battle. And stuff is happening to me, and I can't take it out on people. That's true. Now, that has been one of my vices. I work hard to get the church up. Y'all remember Clint Brown? We said a name. We were at 200 people when he moved in next door. We were at 80 the next Sunday. Thank y'all. And I'm like, Shandai, I went and talked to him, and I'm not going to tell you what he said because it wasn't Christian. And I walked out, and I said, Father, from this moment on, I will not say a word about him, and I will leave this alone, but this is your son, 
and you fix this. And he did. And he, well, I'm going to tell you one thing. He said, he's going to make sure that my donkey got run out of city. And I'm like, God, what did you send me here for if someone's going to run my donkey off? <laughs> and I had to give Amen. it to God. I, I, I have nothing. What can, I, what can I do? Talking about it at that time would not have done any good. And, and clearly, I'm obeying God. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And, I mean, it was devastating. And I just had to go. People came to me and said, what's wrong with your church? And I went, I, praise the Lord. Pass the ammunition and open your Bibles. And, and you know, there's nothing you can do. There's times yeah, there's nothing yeah. you can do about things people do. Yes, that's true. And you just have to give it to God and go, if this is what you want, you keep this thing floating. And he did. He, and, and he asked me a question. I said, would you do me one favor? Would you move him out of Apopka? Now, I'm thinking, here's a church of 80 people, and the pastor has more power than the guy with big church. That's an opinion. But, but I, was, I remained righteous. I refused to get angry. I refused to get in strife. And I'm not, I'm just leaving it to God. And I went to Romans 8 and I went, this is your problem. And I'm going to cast the care of it on you and I won't touch this. And that's why it'll be the first time I've mentioned names about this in a long time. But all of y'all were here during that time. Many of you were here during that time. And you know what? I, I can't control what people do. I can't control what you do. I can't control whether you come to church, don't go to church. I, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm going to do what he tells me to do, and then I'm going to be happy, and I'm going to get up in the pulpit happy 98% of the time. And even that, I've had to learn not to walk through the foyer and let you get in a conversation with me before I preach. That's true. That's true. Don't think Satan's not out there waiting on me. How come every time I walk by, you never say nothing to me? I'm fixing to go preach. That, that is not what you want me to be thinking about for the next 45 minutes. No, it'll come out in a Oh, sermon. it'll come out. Trust me. By the way, some of you that are big, fat babies, you know. All right. <laughs> so we send him to his room on Sunday morning. Yeah, go over there and room. You cannot pray. have contact go with pray people. Go before you come out, you know. So I don't even come out anymore. I don't even come out. So you all say, he's so rude. No, I'm oh, not. Oh, no, it's for you. It's for it's you. For you your don't benefit. want me talking to y'all, you know. <laughs> so I've had to learn over the time how to handle certain situations and things. This is also why I don't counsel. I don't want to know what you're doing. I don't want to know what you're not doing. I want to be so ignorant that if I say something, you go, that was God. <laughs> we, we have someone that does the counseling for us. Yeah. And the only thing we tell them is the only thing we want to know if they're in danger of being hurt or they want to hurt us, okay. then we everything else, don't minutes. worry about it. <laughs> I got one more here. Do not be a people pleaser. Amen. That, that in itself is an hour. And there's books on it. Here's what happens to a people pleaser. You say yes to everything, and then you walk away mad that you said yes. You're angry. <laughs> That's true. Listen, learn a new word. No, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to go there. No. And some people, you're, you're the enemy. That goes back to one of those things where you have to ask yourself, why am I angry? 
Well, the reason you're angry, Daryl, is you didn't want to do what you just told him you would. Yes, that's true. That's true. Am I the only one in here? I mean, I'm feeling like I'm opening myself up and all my guts are laying out. Over. You're the only one. I'm the only one. But, you know, I've had to learn over time that pleasing people and pleasing God are two totally different things. And if you're going to please God, there's going to be people that won't like it. And another one, Lisa told me one day, they don't, you, they don't need an explanation. No. Why? No. Well, what? No. That's true. That's true. No. No is no. No is no. The Bible says, let your no be no and your yes be yes. Yeah, you don't I, have to explain. I, I was out deer hunting once, and a person called me and said, I have dinner for you. And I'm like, I don't want to go to dinner. I want to hunt. I, didn't, I came here to hunt. Well, I have it for you, and if you don't eat, I'll be angry. And I went, and I was mad all night. <laughs> I'm just telling you all. I mean, so, the next, so I went back, and I, and I told Lisa, this person makes me angry. Did they? No. You made yourself angry. So the next time, <laughs> I have something for you. I won't be there. Why not? Won't be there. Well, I made, I cooked all that. Won't be there. Can't now come. I'm happy. <laughs> are y'all getting it? See, go back to what, why are you mad? Why are you mad? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Amen. So, um, Let's go, we usually do this in the end, but let's take a little exercise here. Let's go to page 24 from all the, those who bought their books or have their books. Let's read this and put our name in the middle of the word love, okay? So say this with me, the love of God is, the love of God shed, is abroad in my heart shed abroad by the, Holy Ghost. by the Holy Ghost. I have the capacity to love. I am able to love like God loves because the lover lives inside of me. So say this, I never give up. I care more for others than I do for myself. I don't want what I don't have. I don't strut. I don't have a swelled head. I don't force myself on others. I'm not always me first. I do not fly off the handle. I do not explode like a bomb. I don't keep the score of sins of others. I don't revel when others grovel. I take pleasure in the flowering of truth. I put up with anything. I trust God always. I always look for the best. I never look back. I keep on going to the end. I never die. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to try to find a scripture. So Colossians 3.8 says this. Let's put that up there on the screen. But now you must put them all away. What, was, what must we put away? Now, if the Lord put in Colossians that we can put something away, what can we do? We can put it away. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Now, that's another sermon. I'm not going to go there right now. 
But, you know, we, we need to, there's another scripture that says, don't let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but only that which is good to edifying. So, you know, be careful about what comes out of your mouth and don't give replacement words place in your mouth because you didn't want to say the real word. Okay? Bingo. <laughs> Donkey. I want to read. No, I want y'all to write it. <laughs> I, I, read, I quoted a scripture a while ago. I want you to write it down. It's Proverbs 17, 27. This is a scripture Lisa gave me years and years ago. And it really helped me. And I want to, we're going to talk a little bit about practicing the word now. But listen to this scripture. He who has knowledge spares his words. That's good. A man of understanding is of a calm, calm resolve. spirit. Calm resolve. Spirit. Calm Amen. spirit. Amen. Now, I want to talk about how, let's say you're sitting here and you go, everything you're saying is me. It may be. How do you change it? You're, it's, it, I'm going to say this. You will not if you don't make a decision. That's true. When Mark was here, Mark Hankins, last time he was here, he preached on love. And I asked the Lord, I said, when he comes, I really want him to preach on love. I really want him to. One of the things that impresses me about Mark, Mark is a man's man. I'm not going to stop being a man. I, I, I am still a strong man. But I learned that I can be a gentle man. So don't come around my house in the middle of the night because I'll shoot you. And if you live before you die, I'll get you right with God. And I won't even lose any sleep over it. That's just the way I'm wired. Just a heads up, y'all. But at the same time, even though I would rather be a man than a big sissy, there's a tendency to, to push where you don't need to be pushing. And so being gentle is a plus mm -hmm. for a man. It's not a lack of character. It's a, it's a, it is character. Yes. And, and so Amen. this little scripture here, what he wrote in here in this book, what makes a man a good football player? Practice. What makes a man a good artist? Practice. Sculptor. Musician, practice. What makes you good at anything? Practice. And Mark and I talked about this, and we were up here, and the four of us were talking about love, and, and, and the Lord had said this to me when I was learning to shoot pistol. When I went, and, and the first time I shot a competition, you always look for your name at the top, and you work your way down, and you get sadder and sadder as you're going down through there, and you find your name somewhere down near the bottom. And you're thinking, God, I thought I could shoot better than that. Well, the, the tests don't lie. Yeah. So I made up my mind, I'm going to learn to shoot. It took me three years, once a week, improving something every week. Amen. I decided to make one improvement Amen. 52 times a year. And in three years, I was one second below master. I did my, I made my goal. When I stopped shooting, the Lord said, do that at church. Amen. That is they, see, life, you're, you're not a Christian because you come to church. That's, that's like watching, what is it, 
the guy that John Wick doesn't make you a good shot. Okay? You're going to get whatever you're doing. You're going to take a book like this, and you are going to open it, and you're going to go, love is patient, and you're going to drive out of the driveway. (laughs) And you're going to go, I know that the people from New York are still here. (laughs) And Boston. And I know that before I get to work, I'm going to get to practice love is patient and love is kind. And before the day is over, you're going to get to. And what's going to happen is you're reading it and reading it. Then you and your spouse are going to get in a disagreement, and you're going to stop and go, don't do that. That's touchy. Don't do that. That is, you note it. Why are you, love hardly notices. That scripture is going to come up in your face. And you're going to stop doing some things, and, and you're going to have a war in you for a moment. But the more you do it, the better you get at this. But if you lay it down, you're going to go back to the meanest old thing you used to be. You're just going to go back to being hard to get along with. Flesh wants to control everything. A garden that's not... If you're not taking care of the tomatoes, the weeds are going to grow. You understand that? They will win. If you're not working on your love walk, your flesh is working on selfishness. And and you have to decide tonight, we're going to buy that book. And and go home if you're married or or, or if they're here or not here. And just look at yourself. Don't tell them what they're going to do. If if you hadn't read the book, if you do that. This We're book is read for this you. Together. This, this no, bud's not. for you, <laughs> book. Amen. No, this book's for you, bud. Um, this blood's for you. This love's for you. So Amen. one of the things that I had to do, and, and I'm talking about me, is I left Lisa alone. Yay. I just left her alone. <laughs> and and, and there, was a, there was a couple of times we'd get in discussions, and I'd say, honey, work on Lisa. Amen. Because that's a full-time job for you right now. And I'll work on me. Just, just. And we would, we would part happy. Because, you know, you've been working to change me for how many years? It hadn't worked. So let me use the word of God and let the word change me. Let, amen, I, amen. I, I love God and love you enough that I will do. But I've got, I've got things that are ingrained in me about the way I've done them wrong for a long time. And, and I have to unlearn things. And that was... It's not easy. And, and I'm not going to get in condemnation. I'm not going to condemn myself that I'm not the perfect person. But I'll tell you what, I have a good heart. And I do read and I do, uh, don't do that. <laughs> and Lisa will tell you the house has been a lot nicer since I bought her the book. No, I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. That, I'm, that's in the book. So what do you have now? The Bible talks about... That the word of God is like us looking in a mirror. And so we're not telling you just to read some random book so you can become more like this book. Like we said at the beginning, you will not learn how to love people until you understand and have a revelation of how much God loves you. Yeah. I mean, if God loves you, the God of the universe, who cares? 
I mean, yes, we all want to be liked and loved. I, I get that. But if you don't know how much God adores and loves you and wants fellowship with you, then you're not going to look into that perfect law of liberty, which is the mirror, the word of God. It's like you looking in the mirror in the morning. You don't know what your hair looks like until you look in the mirror, get the comb out, brush your teeth, whatever. But the minute you walk away from the mirror, Throughout the course of the day, if you don't look in the mirror again, you might have some hair sticking up or out, right, or whatever. So the the word of God is that mirror. That's why you have to keep looking in the law of liberty, in the law of love. And when you read in the mirror, you're looking in the mirror, God's love has been shed abroad in my heart. You're saying, oh, I can do this. So when it says love is patient, love hardly notices when someone ticks you off. (laughs) Right? You can say, I can do that because the love of God is in my heart. And if they're ticking me off, God's not ticking me off. And God said, vengeance is mine. Not that we want vengeance on our spouse. But the truth is, you give it to God. You let God deal with them the way that he can talk to them. Listen, you could talk to your blue in your face for 37 years, and it still hadn't done nothing. But when God starts talking Daryl Ethan and Elizabethan, then for some reason, we understand that language, and it's easier for us to change. So I got one more thing. I'm, gonna, I'm about done. It's 8.06. I heard a man make a statement one time. Why don't you do the things you did when you were dating? Y'all went quiet. Maybe everyone's not dating. Because when you're dating someone, you're patient. That's true. You're kinder. You you're got doing your best things. foot forward. Yeah, you're really working, and then you, you don't catch want to screw up. <laughs> okay. Amen. And and he he met a woman one time that had gone through a divorce, a, a separation from her husband, and she was in the gym working out, getting skinny, and mm. and he said, "What are you doing?" She he says, "Well, I'm I, I'm I've got back in the dating field. I got to lose weight." And he said, "Why didn't you lose it when you were married?" Yeah. Mm. Why did you let a man go that was a good man to go find someone else's problem that just got a divorce, and now you've got to fix another one? If you Listen, you, it, you have to work on marriage. You have to work on to dating, work, too. If you're willing to get a divorce, give your, your ex three-quarters of your money, and then go remarry, why don't you just work on the one you have? Thank y'all. That's so wonderful. A lot more financially listen, sound listen, to do it that way. Listen, it's a whole lot better to just <laughs> just work on yourself and work on your marriage, and it's 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 cheaper. A lot cheaper. And it's and I'm not saying this to condemn anybody who's been through a divorce. I went through a divorce, and there are times when you're in a relationship, and it's not going to work. There are circumstances. That should make you angry. Infidelity. You know, there's things that a spouse does. Um, I was going to tell this story, and I forgot to tell it. There was a young man that came to me at Webern Tucker, and his wife, he had just gotten married, and his wife took the credit card, and she had run the credit card up so high. $5,000. I mean, several thousand dollars. And And he's a... And he's a, he's a block mason. He's making about $11 an hour. Him and his wife lived on a, she had a small income. He had a small income. But, but she really felt 
she just needed to spend a lot of money to be happy. And she's buying, now we're not talking about a little. She's talking about, we're talking about she had gotten so far out it would take him in the middle of the millennial to pay that off. Mm -hmm. So he came to me and he says, what do I do? And I said, you are going to have to confront her and you're going to have to take another person with you and you got to go deal with this. You can't just allow her to run you. And then you're going to get a divorce. Well, I'm afraid she'll leave. She's leaving. Because you can't maintain this. She's running you in the hole. And when you run in the hole, she's leaving you with a debt and she's gone. You, you have to wake up and quit being afraid and quit being afraid to confront the things you do need to. But don't just get in a spit bath and, and scream and holler at each other and walk out of the house, storm and get mad. You need to go back and fix Lady, I don't know what your parents taught you, but the credit cards are mine. I love you, uh, but you don't own one anymore. You go grocery shop, and I'm going with you. And I understand that not everybody, but sometimes you have to deal with circumstances. I've had people come to me and say, my husband's been going to massage parlors, what I do. And I said, it has to stop now. Don't put up with that mess. Put your foot down now. That's not wrong. So I, the reason I said that is I've had people listen to us talking about love. Yeah. And they've been through a divorce, a mm-hmm. nasty one. Mm-hmm. And they said, should I have walked more in love? And I'm going, you were walking in love. About the time he knocked you upside the head, you were walking in love. Get out. Yeah, get out of that. <laughs> so I, I wanted to say this before we got done because there's a concept here that this is always, always, always. No. There are times when you need to get mad and you need to deal with something. Amen. And you need, if you don't know what it is, then go get counseling, go ask somebody, say, what should I do? Women are very susceptible to this. What am I going to do if I'm put out in the street? And, and You know what? You need to pray about it and talk about it. Find somebody that loves you. Do not put up with abuse. Do not put up with it. Um, I know a man... The Lord told him one time, says, if you don't sign the papers of your ex, she's going to give you a disease. Mm-hmm. If you know your spouse is loose, sign the papers. What about the kids? God will take care you of better have to, You don't have to give it to God. Is it, I mean, I'm, we're ending on this note, but I did this because I wanted you to know that we're not talking about your being upset is always wrong. It is not always wrong. But, but the petty, touchy, sensitive, yeah. you got you to deal with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, God, God loves you, and so he'll take care of you. I, I mean, I mean there, just, there, there comes a point that if you allow fear of the what-ifs and the how-ifs and the whatevers to manipulate and control you, you're not putting your faith and trust in God. Yeah. And let me just say this. You have to love God 100% more than you love that spouse you married, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your best friend, yeah. that when someone goes haywire, you have to love God enough to go, I'm not going to be manipulated by this and the Lord will take care of me. But that situation, that that young man, he loved that idea 
of what he had, which he didn't have it, more than he loved God. And that's why he wouldn't confront the issue. But in the end, like Pastor said, he's going to lose it all anyways. You might as well lose it at five instead of losing it 25000 Yeah, yeah. And there's something else, Dale Evans, Jimmy, Jimmy Evans. Mm-hmm. Jimmy. Jimmy Evans said one time, he says, my wife, what is her name, Karen? Uh, Karen. He said, Karen is a great Karen, but a terrible Jesus. Lisa's not Jesus. Right. Lisa's Lisa. And the, the list of her good qualities way outweigh any, any, th- any other stuff that I don't like. And so I've made adjustments because I have a good wife. And, and so I've, I've had to learn there are things I go to God with. And there are times I've looked at Lisa and she said, I want this. And I say, talk to your father. <laughs> Because I ain't giving it to you. You can forget me. I'm out of the picture on this one. Because there's just things, if you have expectations, don't put them on your spouse. Mm-hmm. Because I've always been one to do, I want I want her to be happy. I, I love pleasing her. But there may be things she wants to do, and I'm going, can't do it. I can't do that. Not me. And sometimes you have to learn. That goes back to that word no. Sometimes you have to learn why you're the way you are, what you're doing. Does this help you some? Does this, it's Amen. 814, so we're actually one minute early. All right. So why don't you put up on the screen 1 Corinthians 13? 4 through 8. 4 through 8, NKJV. Everybody's got a Bible, right, hopefully. Is it up there? Nope. How many of you don't have the book? Um, 4 through. Uh, don't. 1, no, 2, sorry. 3, 1 Corinthians 4. 13. 13, I don't know whether we have any out 13. there. We'll get some more of them. Carry this with you for a while. Read it in the morning. Mark the ones in yellow that you need to read. Don't mark the ones your wife needs to read. Mark the ones you Amen. need to read. Amen. And don't mark it and leave it at her table. Mark the ones you need for you. My book, my name in it, has the stuff in it that I need to read. So and, we're, and I read it every morning. We're, like, we're going to uh, read love. We're going to read love. But think about God's love in you and the fact that you can love, amen, that you've made perfect in his love. Love suffers long Long and is kind. kind. Love Love does does not envy. envy. Love Love does does not parade parade itself. It is is not puffed up. Love does Does not behave rudely, does does not seek its own, is is not provoked. That's what we were doing tonight. Thinks no evil. That's next week. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.